Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here for Underdog Fantasy, who are handing out $1 million in giveaways on Super Bowl Sunday. All you need is a verified Underdog account to be eligible. So sign up for Underdog Fantasy and see if you win this Sunday. Underdog Fantasy, don't forget to use promo code 1010XL. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yeah, well, they always say it's moving day on a Saturday on the PGA Tour and just in any type of golf tournament. Today for me... This felt like a moving day. This Thursday getting us a little bit closer uh, to Super Bowl 58. I think the two weeks off is one too many. And uh, you've experienced it. I've experienced it. Everyone hawking companies, promoting companies. And who wouldn't jump on the fast buck? Uh, There's no doubt I would if I believe in the product. I think most of you out there would as well. But we get closer and it it, it just becomes... um, you know, that much more sure that we actually are going to get a game in one of the most, I think, highly debated Super Bowls in quite some time. We're fishing, you know, viciously for sidebar stories. And there's just not any, right? Brittany Mahomes today, I thought Sports Illustrated, you know, we gave them their funeral right here on Into the Night a couple of weeks ago. I thought we called it a career. I remember being all choked up. I had a lump in the throat. The heart was really slowed. It was beating maybe, I don't know, 10, maybe 15 times per hour. And then all of a sudden I do my prep as I do each and every morning, afternoon and into the night. And I start seeing practically naked photos of, uh, of Brittany Mahomes, who's going to be on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Is that it? Is it the Kelsey, um, you know, Swifty? thing is is that it is it pat mahomes dad uh getting caught with a 16 ounce uh cold beer uh between his legs a dui for the third time is that it no i mean joe buck told us something's gonna happen and if it is you kind of get the feeling it's gonna be tonight or if not tomorrow right there in las vegas for the record i hope nothing does happen let's have a good football game we'll see what does take place but the line has been relatively the same Somewhere in the neighborhood of about one and a half to two. Um, There's been some big money drop. There are reports, including from the Philly Godfather, with one of his cronies telling us that another major bet is going to be made somewhere in the neighborhood of $500,000 to a million dollars from the Philly Godfather a little bit earlier in the program or a little bit earlier in the day. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, In the program, uh, we will share that with you. All right, so we're going to be really busy here over the next couple of hours. Looking forward to the program. If I'm a little subdued, if I'm a little slowed, it's because, well, I'm over-sedated after spending a couple hours in the uh, in the chair over at Carlson Dental. And, um, I mean, they could have ripped eight teeth out and I wouldn't have felt anything. Um, somewhere between dark side, animals, and, of course, the wall, I listened to them all. 
Two locations, including the one I always visit on Bartram Springs. People just hate to go to the dentist. I'm telling you. I enjoy it. I go four times a year, what, every three months. I'm going to try to switch that around and go like every other month. It's that enjoyable. And who doesn't like to have clean teeth? So if you're scared, this is the good folks over there at Carlson Dental. But if I, if I sound a little loopy today, you know, if I sound a little, um, you know, just kind of like I fired up a doobie uh, in the parking lot, that's not the case. I'm, I'm just sedation, brother. Try it. I actually ran into some people there. They're like, listen, I, we're here because of the commercial. Radio commercials work, ladies and gentlemen. And Carlson Dental is a great uh, example of that. Hall of Fame talk is 15 minutes away. I'm going to be incredibly thorough on this. I wanted to do the five I'd pick and then the five that I do think are going to get selected. I'm going to do the latter only, okay? I'm not a voter. You need 80% of the vote. I think we'll agree before I even get to it that first ballot um, nominated players, Antonio Gates and Julius Peppers, they're both getting in. End of story. I mean, you can't even argue it. Julius Peppers is fourth all-time in sacks. He's behind only Bruce Smith, the late Reggie White, and the late Kevin Green. Okay? Fourth all-time. Antonio Gates, he didn't redefine the tight end position, but he was such an incredible late find. Much like Julius Peppers, a couple of former basketball players. The difference, Julius Peppers was also a first-rounder in the NFL, going first to the Carolina Panthers, Gates was like either a very late-round pick or an undrafted free agent from a small school who just really settled in to an incredible uh, scenario and ended up with 955 grabs, 11,841 yards, and 116 receiving touchdowns. Those two are in on the first ballot. So when I do dive into this, we'll talk about the other three, and that does leave, you know, 13 other spots uh, for three other nominations tonight. Everyone in town hoping it's Fred Taylor. I hope it's Fred Taylor. Man, what an honor, and he should be in. I'm not going to change my tune a few hours before it is actually announced. It's, it's an award show that begins at 8. You know they're going to tease it. You know, they're going to promote it. They want eyeballs on the television set. So my guess is that the Hall of Fame will not be announced until probably, I don't know, 9 o'clock, uh, something along those lines. I am i don't know if I watched it last year. I certainly did watch it the year uh, that Tony Baselli uh, did get in. I, I don't think it happens tonight for Fred Taylor. I hope I'm wrong. I've said all along, I think he gets in next year. I think 2025 is the year for Fred Taylor. It's still a phenomenal honor just to make the final grouping of 15. But again, we're going to spend a lot of time on that uh, coming up here after our first break. That'll be in just a little bit. Um, I haven't gotten into it either, you know, Tuesday uh, after Roger Goodell, he actually spoke midway through our show, the commissioner of the NFL did on Monday. And, you know, I he answered some decent questions because he did handpick the members of the media. I mean, gosh, where we're headed uh, just in life now when it comes to Q&A 
when it comes to trying to get the answers that the the people want, uh, it's so discarded when you can handpick who's going to actually ask questions. And obviously, this was put together the way that it was. And I think the end result is you got some pretty good information on what's going on with the league, whether it's uh, the playing surface, whether it is officiating, whether it is streaming, whether it is adding more games, including more international games. And it was announced that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to open up their season in Brazil. And I, I got some on it, and I received some as well on our text line, which you can always be a part of. We always invite you, 641-1010 is our text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I, I've got a, quite a bit that sounds like this. Boy, you got to be kidding me. The Jaguars are going to play, they're going to play in Brazil. Um, we already know they are going to play in London. Some think it'll be another home and away in London. As Jacksonville did this past year, it ended up being incredibly successful for them. As we know, they won both games uh, out there in London. But there are people who believe that this organization that seems to get picked on by about everyone, right, except for those who hold up their fists and and, and, and prove that they, 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 they have a solid jaw and they can take a punch right here in Duval. There's not too many who come from other parts of our country and massively defend the Jaguars. So your panic is there, and you're nervous about this, and you're worried about this. Let me tell you, because there have been times in my life where I am a legendary worrier, okay? And I, I find myself now, my worries are personal. Uh, I worry about one thing and one thing only at the professional level, and I don't honestly care to get in that uh, with you tonight. Much of it is my own making. You know, I've made my own bed, uh, so to speak. But, but, uh, and that's why I'm so soft now, right? That's why I don't take chances the way that I used to. I'm, 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 I'm you know, I'm pretty vanilla you know, what type? Oh, there's 57 flavors of ice cream. Blue? By all means, man. Give me a vanilla. So you've seen that change in me, kind of the, as opposed to, uh, you know, drinking a, a, uh, a Miller, a Miller High Life. No, it's now a Miller Light, right? That's the type of version you have. But worrying about things you can't control is useless. It's absolutely nuts. And... If you're concerned about this, why? You can't fix it. You can't do anything about it. You were vocal on not wanting to play in London. That fell on deaf ears. Okay? I mean, you were vocal about dropping to a knee for the national anthem. It, it held up for the slightest period of time, and it went away. Every year, if you keep a coach or a general manager or whatever, I, I hear, I'm not coming back. I'm not buying season tickets. You're liars. You're fans. You're all going to come back. I mean, there's people right now already starving for football, and it's the eighth day of February. I don't know what you people are going to do during this six-month or whatever it is off period uh, with no NFL. But don't worry about things that you can't control. There's plenty to worry about. Worry about Trevor Lawrence. Is he going to be a franchise quarterback? Worry about Trent Baalke. Is he going to fix the biggest weak spot of this team, the interior offensive line? Worry about his decisions at left tackle. 
go to a bar right now. Lay down a bet with your buddy. Who's the starting left tackle in September of 2024 for the Jacksonville Jaguars? You could win money on Cam Robinson, Walker Little, or Anton Harrison. You don't know. I don't know. But these are things to worry about. You're going to pick up a fifth-year option on Travis Etienne. You're going to restructure Christian Kirk. You're going to restructure Foyer Oluwakon. Are you going to flat-out release Darius Williams? Are you going to flat-out release Big Foley? Are you flat-out releasing Rayshon Jenkins and Zay Jones? Man, you got all sorts. But worrying about three games internationally? Mm-mm. Don't do that to yourself. You can't control any of what I said. But there are certain things out there that you should worry about. Others, you just are going to have to deal with it. And I was surprised that it got that much play. All right, since I'm on that, there's a part of me that that doesn't want to do this, but I'm going to anyway. And only because I want to remain consistent. And I have a goal here. It's like... It's like you're at the bottom. It's like you're laying pipe, right? PVC pipe. You're trying to connect the male to the female. You're trying to, to lay it so there's sewerage, so there's drainage, you know, so no matter what it is. I mean, I, I, I learned years ago when I was in a foxhole with uh, Vietnam veterans that, it, frankly, I didn't want to lay pipe uh, for a living. But I, I learned a little bit about it. And it's really starting at the bottom and then working your way up, right? You don't want to be a gopher the rest of your life. You don't want to be a guy with a shovel in your hand. No, you want to make your way up to machinery. You want to drive a backhoe, right? You eventually want to get a custom-made truck from your construction company and maybe get a desk job where you're on site and you're going from job to job and you're looking at your workers and you're, you got a henchman here or whatever and a site manager and, and you're in charge of everything, right? That's about working your way up. That's the way that this organization is. It's still a bottom feeder organization. And I keep, unfortunately, providing the intel that supports that. Case in point today. And I'm doing this... Because I'm going to be here, and you're going to be here when they climb out of the basement, when they're finally recognizable, when they're finally um, accepted by other NFL cities and not looked at as a punchline. And that's been the case forever around here. The latest is, it's called Walter Hub, and... You know, it's some sort of um, survey that goes on, and, and they're, they're really thorough. They, they send me stuff all the time, and they do it on anything you can imagine. You know, what? Uh, last week they sent one, what cities have the best lawns in the United States of America. So it, it's not only a sports-like survey, uh, you name it. They're going to tell you where the best coffee is. They're going to tell you where the best steak is. They're going to tell you, um, you know, who has the best restaurants, uh, who has the best parks, and you name it. They they survey anything you can think of. Well, they got here recently with the top 240 United States cities that have at least one professional football team or one college football team, all right? 21 key metrics 
were used to come up with their results. No surprise. The Jacksonville Jaguars, overall 32nd in America, uh, behind such places as Tuscaloosa, Alabama. For those of you who do not know what I'm talking about, they feel that Alabama and college football is more worthy than the ball that's being played right here in Duval. But they rank all of the NFL cities. And remember, there's only 30 NFL cities because you have two in New Jersey with the Jets and the Giants, and you have two in Los Angeles, as you know, with the Chargers and the Rams. So NFL cities are ranked 1 through 30. Jacksonville. Here's a step up. Are you ready? The Jaguars came in at number 29. Houston, actually, behind them at number 30. So, this from a year ago is an improvement. Jacksonville was actually moved up one spot from 30 to 29. Yet, you find yourselves, and and for those of you who are wondering, Pittsburgh's one, Dallas, Boston three, Green Bay, L.A. at five. Man, that's staggering. Uh, San Fran at six, Kansas City seven, New Orleans eight, both teams in New York at nine. I always thought it was New Jersey, but this survey is telling us it's in New York. Miami 10, Cincy 11, Indy 12. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Buffalo was at 13, Glendale, Arizona 14, Baltimore 15, Minneapolis 16. Uh, Seattle, 17, Denver, 18, Vegas, 19, Phillies at 20, which is a a real surprise uh, for me. Uh, 21 is Tampa, 22 is D.C., 23, Cleveland, 24 is Nashville, 25, where are you? They do this differently because they have college in here as well. It doesn't go... Uh, on the straight and narrow. Atlanta, 25. Uh, Detroit, 26. Chicago, 27. Charlotte, 28. And then it is Jacksonville in at number 29. Houston at 30. Okay, now the reason why they're 32nd overall, and, and here's what becomes really intriguing. Out of the 240 cities, where did they rank Jacksonville as far as college football? You guessed it. Number 240. Dead last. And what do you have here in town? You have Ed Waters, right? Gainesville, even though we're the home of the Gators and it's based in Jacksonville, not Gainesville, you're not going to get credit for that. Athens is close by. You're not going to get credit for that. Tallahassee's two two hours and 15 minutes down I-10. You're not going to get credit for that. You're not going to get credit for my – you're not going to get credit for those four monsters, even though they're all what we discuss. It's all what we talk about, according to this survey – uh, it's not going to play. So, I don't want to give it too much more attention than that. I, I just think that regardless of when something comes out and it's brought to my attention and it involves this city and it involves this uh, fan base, I'm always going to point it out to you because I feel like the fight has only barely begun. And honestly, I'm looking forward to the day when I can sit here and look at it, and Jacksonville honestly is respected. Jacksonville gets a little bit of love. Right now, it doesn't matter what it is that we go to. 
they are always a bottom feeder. And again, just look at the stories that have happened during the offseason. They're not improving their reputation when you're asking for $20 million back because someone stole right from your company and you weren't even able to detect it. That's an embarrassment. It is. The other stories during the offseason, Bulky doesn't see eye to eye with Peterson. Peterson wants this coach. Bulky wants that coach. Trevor doesn't see eye to eye with Press Taylor. Trevor, I mean, these stories are, are not good stories, right? And then you get away from it and you get to the weakest fans in the NFL. We talked about that a month ago. You were dead last. They called you the weakest fans. In the NFL, it was what? BetOnline.com and GPT, uh, their particular survey. I'm tired of it, but I'm not going to ignore it, right? Ignoring it's the wrong way to go about it. Letting you know is what I'm doing here because I want to see the change. Now, how are you going to create the change? How do you become a tough fan? I don't want you beating the tar out of people in a parking lot. I don't want you throwing stuff on the field, but still. I don't know how to pound the chest and make yourself more known. I will say this, the road games, there are more fans now. I noticed that my eight years as a sideline reporter, even through COVID, fans attend far more games now on the road than they used to. This fan base is growing, but you still get picked on. And the only complaint I ever have about stuff like that is I wish the city was a little bit more identifiable, right? There's not enough mom and pop. There's not enough, this is a Jaguar bar. This is a Jaguar this. Oh, you go to that place and man, they've got, uh, you know, they've got, um, they got Natron means, uh, you know, cleats hanging from the rafters, or, oh, yeah, man, they got Aaron Beasley's game jersey autograph. There's not enough of that around here, right? There's a little bit too much plastic around it, too much chains around here where you're going to go get the, you know, let's go get the autograph photo of Tim Tebow with a nice picture. It will cost you $800. And it's like, yeah, it's it looks neat. It's good. But wouldn't you rather just get one from Tebow when you saw him somewhere and you rip out a piece of paper and you have him sign a, and, and you put it up? You know, there's a difference between spending and placing and saying it's plastic and it's fake compared to something that's real, that you went out, that you got. You found the equipment managers. You found someone who's a neighbor of a player. That's what great cities have. And great cities also have longer tenure. They have year after year after year after year. You don't have that here. You've been around for three decades. But that's the only thing I can see. Seriously, if I got a phone call right now, my buddy said, I'm coming into town, I need to find the ultimate Jaguars bar, I would have absolutely no idea where to send them. I mean, I look around my hood, it's nothing but chains. And I live in a bedroom community. Christ, everyone's in bed by 11 o'clock at night anyway. But, and that's the only thing I can think of, signs, signage, right? You got the one that hangs over the big building downtown, I don't know what that's called this month. They switch up that name the way that a Kardashian will switch up a boyfriend. But that's the only thing I can think of. And it may be petty to you, but go to Green Bay. Go to Pittsburgh. Go to Chicago. All right? Uh, I don't see it in Indy. I don't see it in Houston. 
I don't see it in Nashville. I didn't see it in Cincinnati. Hell, I went over the river and was in Kentucky. I didn't see it there. There's, I don't see it in Tampa. I don't see it in Miami. I don't see it in Atlanta. I'm sure they have them. They're bigger cities. But that's really the only thing I could think of. Outside of that, I think it's fine. But when's it going to end? How does it end? You know, for 80 years, Florida was a joke. The only time they won anything the Gators did is when they cheated. They won nothing. They went around bragging like they were the greatest university ever invented. They won nothing when they were not cheating. They had a, they had a, they had a reputation like they were Notre Dame. And they had a performance of a, a consistency performance-wise of a Wake Forest. They were a joke. With all the fertile, with all the talent in this state, Florida did nothing. Miami won five natties. They got robbed out of a sixth. Florida State passed them. They're still ahead of them, okay? But finally, Florida found some ground and ended up getting away from being the butt of the jokes uh, in a conference where they bragged, but they disappointed. It took a long time for Florida. How long is it going to take for this team? When I can give you something like this and they're not last or next to last. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. But I'm never going to ignore it. Again, I'm not doing it to come out here and try to fire you up, try to upset you. I'm doing it because I want to be here the day that it does change. And you can look at it and say, wow. Look at how this franchise changed. Look at the respect now. Look at their identity now compared to the way it was in 2023 and in the early part of 2024. Will it ever happen? I hope so. Tonight's show and every night's show is brought to you by the good folks over at Shmunez Vision. I've known Dr. Neil Shmunez forever. Daughter Dr. Catherine Shmunez, fellowship trained in cornea, cataract surgery, our refractive surgery. Combined, that's more than 30 years worth of laser eye Surgery experience. Just go to their website, Shmunez Vision. Simply incredible. Everything is right there and explained for you. It's a family organization. Think about your family. Grandparents getting old, kids. You know, maybe you're noticing your kids' eyesight going a little sideways, and it's a concern for you. Get on it. Get on it early. Sure, you can get a normal update for your contacts or your glasses and a prescription, but they offer up so much more, and that includes medical and surgical eye care including surgery on my right eye eight and a half years ago. Try them out. And uh, better yet, read about them first. Go to Schmunez Vision. Everything right there is explained to you. Phenomenal website and even better people over there at Schmunez. All right, when we do return, let's bring in our buddy J.J. LaSelva. And I'm going to give you my other three. Julius Peppers, Antonio Gates are in. If any one of you out there argue with me, I want to know why. Never going to say you're wrong. Wouldn't do that. Um, but we may issue a drug test, okay? <laughs> I mean, these guys are in. They, they are proven. The other 13, you got to take three. I'm not going to say anything else until we get back. But I, I tell you, it's, it's going to be a really interesting night as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned. Does Fred Taylor get in? Thoughts on that on the other side. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is the story about a 
All right, with you tonight till 8. We'll make a trip out to uh, Las Vegas next hour. Get into it with our good buddy Rafael Esparza. We've been all over Radio Row. Uh, the 1917 says performance-enhancing drugs for Julius Peppers. And I have no memory of that, but it doesn't matter in the NFL. It would absolutely matter in Major League Baseball. It has no bearing on the NFL. You just looked up the story, J.J. LaSalva. What uh, what happened with him again? So there was an Al Jazeera documentary that uh, named this doctor. Uh, let me find his name. Dr. Dale Geyer. And the report claimed a number of pro athletes, including NFL players, um, James Harrison, uh, Julius Peppers, and Clay Matthews were all named as being under this doctor's care and taking PEDs, but the NFL later cleared all three players, whatever that's worth. Steroids have no bearing on the NFL. 2016, by the way. Steroids will keep you out of Major League Baseball. You know what has more bearing on the NFL? Taking ounces out of a football than taking steroids. I'm being serious here. I'm being 100% serious here. You get more on Deflategate than you will anyone with PED. You think if Cam Robinson all of a sudden, if the light was to go on, he put up Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl year and did it for the next seven, eight, ten years, became the best left tackle in the NFL, and you were getting ready to put him in the Hall of Fame, you look back and say, yeah, but he got popped for four games. Back into, No. Would not care. It's amazing how different both sports are. That is everything in baseball. All right, let's get to tonight. Uh, five will get in. Hall of Fame. Again, first-time ballot. Antonio Gage, Julius Peppers, both are in. End of conversation. Here's where I'm going. And listen, Fred Taylor's next for running backs. I don't think it's tonight. Could happen. I and mean, how cool would it be? But I just don't think it's tonight. The next thing you need besides running backs, is you not you need to start to see a run of wide receivers. Very, you know, very credible, very, very dominant wide receivers um, in their era who remain up for the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I'm thinking long-term here, obviously, for Jimmy Smith. I, I still think for Jimmy, it's probably six or seven years away. But you need to start crossing names off. So I, I, I really, I, I've given this a lot of thought. And I'm not going to say that I've cheated because I don't know. None of us know. But I've done a lot of research on it. And I've gone and I've read a lot. And, and, and I'm starting to hear two names. And that's the reason why I, I took away from my original plan, which was to take two wide receivers tonight and then one other position player. I, I'm unfortunately going to go to just one wide receiver tonight. I'm going to go with Reggie Wayne, 1,070 receptions, 14,345 yards, and 82 career touchdowns. He's right there with Torrey Holt, who I've seen, that a lot of people are putting in. He's right there with Andre Johnson, who frankly, I think with what they did as far as players, I think Andre Johnson was the best of the three. That's just my opinion. They were all really, really good. But they all need to get in. 
And you need to have Heinz Ward get in, and you need to have Steve Smith get in, and you need to have Anquan Bolden get in. You need to get these guys in. And when that happens, then it's going to become Jimmy Smith. He's going to be the next man up. But there's just too many wide receivers, and and that's why it's that much harder for Jimmy to get in than it is for Fred Taylor. He is absolutely positively, he's there with Tiki Barber as the next running back. But I'm going to go Reggie Wayne, number three. I'm going to take another Kane at number four. And this is where I will admit I have been influenced over the last couple of years. I thought, I picked him last year, Devin Hester. Because everything that I was reading was saying he's in, he's in, he's in, he's in. I think this is the year. I could be wrong two years in a row. For the record, I would not put him in over Torrey Holt or Andre Johnson. I would not put him in over Fred Taylor. He was a fringe player. He was a phenomenal return man. The best that we have ever seen. But I still don't think I would put him ahead of the guys that I just mentioned. I do think he gets in tonight at number four. Number five for me is a short career. It's a Tony Baselli. It's a Gail Sayers. It's a Dwight Stevenson. It's a very short career in the NFL, and the reason for this, and I've read a lot, he only played eight years, but Patrick Willis played for San Francisco, even though the voting was in before the, the actual you know, announcement uh, was made. Um, I keep hearing that Patrick Willis was so dominant in such a short period of time. If you read between the lines and you were to replace the name, Patrick Willis sounds like Tony Baselli. And we kept making the claim for Baselli. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? Well, he was around great players. You know, he was there with Ogden and Rofe, and he was there with um, Pace, and he was there with Armstrong, and he was there with, uh, who else am I forgetting? I mean, just the... uh, Walter Jones, he was here with so many dominant left tackles, okay? Patrick Willis um, is in a very similar category. If you look at his success in a short period of time, I think he becomes the fifth man to get in tonight. Again, I wanted to do who I think should get in and who I think is going to get in. Instead, I've just turned it around to simply who I do think is going to get in. So, Antonio Gates, Julius Peppers, one and two. First year on the ballot for those two gentlemen. They get in. Reggie Wayne starts to take away from that wide receiver pool. Uh, You as a Jaguar fan, of course, you want Fred Taylor to get in. Next to that, You, if you could get two wide receivers to go in tonight, dare I say three wide receivers go in tonight, then it's just that much better for Jimmy Smith. you got to start to get some guys rolling in, and I think it's going to happen tonight with Reggie Wayne. But uh, don't be surprised if Andre Johnson and or Torrey Holt get elected. I'll take Wayne at three, Devin Hester at four, Patrick Willis at number five. Agree, disagree? Anyone that you would add to the list, JJ? No, I I don't know about Patrick Willis, um, but I I don't hate that. I think Devin Hester, like you, I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer. I don't like any special teams guys. I don't like the kickers that are in. They barely play. Um, But if you're going to give it to a guy, a return specialist, it obviously has to be him. He's the best. And, you know, with 
we're getting rid of the kickoff, so he'll probably be the best forever. Um, I guess it was like Monday or Tuesday when we saw all those reports that he's like a lock to get in. I didn't think he would be, but now I'm like, all right, so check him. Mm-hmm. Um, next year, I think it's Marshawn as the only other running back. And at first I was like, oh, he's not a Hall of Famer. But then you look at his stats and you're like five-time pro bowler, you know, two-time all-pro. This guy had like 80-something touchdowns, a ring. Like Marshawn might have a better resume than Freddie T. I don't know if they would put both of them in. Um, I think it's important. I think it's important he gets in this year because then it's Frank Gore after that. After that's Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. Oh my God, AP. Yeah, that's wow, still a couple he took years away. A long time to retire. I forgot right. about those last few years. Yeah, they both got out officially. Well, it says here Adrian Peterson played in 2021. Let me look at his career. Didn't he just take like a couple of snaps? Yeah, he did. He played. He he had 38 carries for 98 yards in 2021. He played on two teams. He played on Tennessee and Seattle. Wow, very forgettable. Well, you know that's another great bar bet is running backs where they ended up their career. Right. It's, Wasn't it's Freddie of, T in, the, in New England? He was. But, like, Franco Harris? No idea. Seattle? Tony Dorsett? No idea. Denver? Oh, wow. Emmett Smith? Arizona? Got it. Nailed he was it. there for at least a few years, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis Martin? Curtis Martin actually. I only remember the Jets. Yeah, he played New England for three years and in, uh, in New York for uh, the remainder. Okay. Of uh, of his career, so he, you know, he may have been uh, one of the exceptions uh, to the rule. But anyway, it, it it is pretty interesting if you look at it that way. So, um, let me as we wrap this up, let me give you one wild card, okay? And again, this is from reading or researching, not my own pick. Don't be shocked if Jahari Evans gets in tonight. If you were ranking him 1 through 15, I think a lot of people would rank Jahari Evans at probably 15. Is he the guard? Yes, because he's a guard. Nobody knows it. Right. Like any of those players, we don't know. When we're watching, we're not paying attention. We don't know if you're good or not as no lineman unless you're getting Olaid and you know flags thrown on you. But this guy, didn't he make like – Six All Pro teams or something crazy. Like that? He made four, four first team All Pros and six Pro Bowls. He was part of the 2010 All Decade team, and you know he he traveled at the end. He played nine years in New Orleans and then spent you know the final two years in Seattle and Green Bay. Kind of went back and forth, um, played a little bit, came back to New Orleans in 2016. But yeah, he's a guard and. He, you know, unless you're John Hanna or Larry Allen, unless you're just a spectacular guard, you mentioned kickers. I mean, I guess if you were to look at it by position, I would have to think, even though there's two of them, obviously, on the left and right side, uh, that the overall guard position would be way down offensively, unless it's, you know, old school back in the day of leather helmets and and, and, and that type of style. I'm talking about since we've got to the 16-game regular season, how many guards are actually uh, in the NFL? I I think uh, the cat from Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, whose name uh, escapes, begins with an F, 
uh, his last name, may have been the last guard uh, to actually get in the Hall of Fame with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But there you have it. That is uh, my look at it. Gates, Peppers, Reggie Wayne, Devin Hester, and Patrick Willis. If you want to agree and or disagree uh, with that, you absolutely can. The best way to get us is 641-1010 on the text line. All right, tonight's show brought to you by the good folks over at Patriot Roofing Services, specializing in all types of uh, commercial and residential roofing and repairs, gutters, sun tubes, skylights, 10-year workmanship warranty. Just give my buddy Mark Tozzolo a call, 982-4052. That's 982-4052. Or better yet, just check him out online. Again, the best way to do it, just go to Patriot Roofing. Whether it is your home or your business, if you need a new roof, sure, or if you need roof repairs, go to Patriot Roofing Services. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Shea Townsend uh, gets a job in Detroit, passing game coordinator. He's the one defensive coach I hated to say goodbye to. thought he did a really good job in the contain. And uh, he was a big part of them going from 9 takeaways to 27 takeaways two years ago and then again kept it around the same number this past year it just got kind of ruined in the whole plus minus uh, ratio because uh, you know Trevor Lawrence himself had 21 turnovers and of course the team also had quite a few fumbles Um, Mike Caldwell the Raiders linebacker coach so we're starting to see some some former guys get gigs uh, elsewhere. I was a big fan of Deshae Townsend. And, you know, even you had two guys who gave you, what, 27 sacks with Allen and, and Walker, you got you get nothing. You got nothing. And, again, that's on Trent Bulky, who did just a awful job, you know, allowing Arden Key to leave, banking on Dewan Smoot, who wasn't ready, using a fifth-round pick on an undersized Ed uh, End, who didn't even play, and, and Yasir Abdul, it was, it was terrible. And um, that's on him. But it cost the Shea Townsend his job. I thought the Shea did enough. And, and obviously, uh, with, with Nielsen coming in, it's going to be a different style than that secondary. We don't know what to expect. It's going to be very intriguing uh, to try to figure that out. The 0237 says, Blue, why such a big deal? It would only be one home game. We're talking about internationally here. The other two would be away games. Well, it's a big deal because of this. You go into another country, man. Things happen. Change. Jet lag. Getting adjusted. No one wants to go there. You know who wants to go there? Some fans. You know who wants to go there? Players' wives. Uh, You know who wants to go to London? Shad Khan. (laughs) No one else wants to go to London. London sucks. Uh, There's nothing good about London. The people are rude. I know it's east. It's east of Boston and New York. and They're rude like, like people like where I come from. They're rude. The weather's terrible. No one wants to go to London. And now you're going to want to go to Brazil? Why? Why would you want to go to Brazil? If you want to go to Brazil, take a vacation. Why would you want to go to Brazil to play a football game? No, this is a disaster. I totally disagree with you. 100%. And so you're not worried. You're like, no big deal. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you, do you enjoy playing your football games? I mean, 
two of your games every year at 9.30 a.m.? Brazil will be normal. Right, but do you have a life? Do you watch college football? I used to love the Pac-12 after drive. I mean, you got to shut it down at 8 a.m. And uh, to just, get up for a 9.30 toe meets leather on Sunday. To me, it's I understand that like you do get a quote-unquote advantage in not having to play two away teams at their own. Like You didn't have to go to Buffalo and play in front of that crowd. I'll give that, you that. That's an advantage, but... I'll give you that. To me, it's such a disadvantage to have to spend three out of your 17 weeks on the road. And I'm not talking like, you know, going to play the Falcons. You are going to Sao Paulo or wherever the hell they're playing it. That is such a far trip, man. Like, that's going to affect you the next week. You only have one bye week. You're going to have two London games. We're assuming you take the bye week after that. So that's a mess, man. Like, I get you're not going to be playing in front of these home crowds, which is an advantage. But to me, the travel is too much of a disadvantage. It's it an awful. It would be terrible. Yeah. And I would, hope, I would hope the Players Association, you know, not the Jags. I hope that – because the Jags, they're just – you know them. They'll take whatever for cash, I feel like. The Jags – well, the Jags have no voice. And yeah. you're going you're gonna to find and that out. And they wore themselves out to all these, like, international stuff. So, like, of course they're willing to do it. But I hope the Players Association is like, this isn't right. Like, we can't make our players on one team – travel like this but that's the point enough is enough enough of you know it's like are you old enough to remember mikey give it to mikey he'll eat it the whole the the, the life cereal stuff oh right. my give gosh it to i do the that's... jaguars are mikey <laughs> yeah. okay oh just... make make the jaguars the first organization that's going to get two row give them a third stick them in brazil stop it stop it Play your games in the United States. The greed of the owners, the greed of Roger Goodell to tell us that we're going to have freaking games in Brazil. Who the hell wants to have an NFL game in Brazil? But the Jaguars take it. If you find out again it's a home and away, no voice. They're going to say either they're working on a deal because of Shah Khan's love, uh, for London, uh, but you've got to be kidding me! If again they're going to get a home and away in London, no, you did it. You just did it. You play one game there and you fly back. None of this stay there and play a second game. It's not an advantage. It was an advantage you miss Buffalo, but it's not going to be an advantage. And and you know why no one says anything now because they won both games. Imagine if they lost them. What would be said? You know how people change. What if they go over there this year and lose a couple of games? People will be furious about it. Second hour coming up. My buddy Danny Van Sickle is going to drop by. Also, we go live to Las Vegas. Check in with Rafael Esparza. What's this stuff? Some cereal. It's supposed to be good for you. Did you try it? I'm not going to try it. You try it. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't need it. He hates everything. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, later in the hour, Rafael Esparza joins us live from Las Vegas. We'll take a look at the latest on the money as well as the props as we get closer to Super Bowl 58. My buddy Danny Van Sickle has popped by. Good to see you. Good to see you, buddy. Director of the Electrical Training Alliance. So you guys got a big event coming up again 
uh, towards the uh, the end of May. You'll tell us about that in uh, just a little bit. But you've been busy. What's going on out there? Just, uh, you know, resetting the second half of the year. Uh, of course, our students, like a lot of students, you know, they're ready to uh, finish out this year and uh, move on to their next year and uh, and get that extra pay that comes with it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and an increase. Uh, we were talking about that today. I mean, give us the latest as far as the uh, the numbers now all beginning with Electrical Training Alliance. Yeah, so uh, when you get into the program right now, um, you know, you're making over $40,000 a year, and then uh, you're going to get a raise every single year. You get paid a percentage of what the top pay is. And so I tell uh, groups all the time, you know, uh, I went through the apprenticeship, and one of the biggest benefits was is, you know, a lot of people, they work jobs, server jobs, and after six months or a year, you go to your boss and you say, hey, I'm a good employee. Can I get a quarter or 50 cent? Man, there's none of that with us. You know exactly how much money you're going to make every single year. All you have to do is work your hours, make your good grades, and you know that you're going to get a raise the next year. And it's an and, awesome thing. And getting into a trade is something that's never going to go away. And that's certainly the case uh, in uh, being an electrician, being in that field. I love it, man. Everything I everything I have, I owe back to the school and it's giving me a great trade. I will give you some of those details in a little bit. But uh, coming up in a couple of hours, the show begins at 8. I have a feeling the announcement will probably be sometime between 9 and 9.30. Uh, Fred Taylor, does he get into tonight's National Football League Hall of Fame? I think he should, but I don't think he will. Just by listening, it doesn't sound like the you know overwhelming support is there. Um, obviously, uh, what really hurts him was, man, when he played – there was just a bunch of great running backs they were. at the same time. He he should have way more Pro Bowls than what he has. But he was there when Ezra and James was at his prime. I mean, he was there with Marshall Falk. He was there with these great, great running backs. Um, but, you know, that's the great thing really about YouTube. You can see a lot of great clips of him and the separation speed that he had whenever he was playing. It was just unmatched. He didn't have to be a bruiser. He would just – run away from you, but he was so thick and so big that he wasn't just a third down back that you would bring in to get you some yards. He could run between the tackles, but most of the times he was running so fast they couldn't even catch him. Yeah, and you know, I think of great college backs, and I had Sammy Smith on last week. We talked about his new book. I thought he was uh, – Dalvin Cook's the greatest back the Florida State's ever had. Worked him, probably would get as much recognition – but Sammy was big and he was strong. And, you know, I look at the Florida backs, man. I look at guys like Emmett and Eric Recht and all of them. Fred Taylor was big and he was he was strong. He was fast, man. He was electrifying. And he took that with him in the NFL. And he also showed an incredible amount of uh, of patience. And it's, it felt like Le'Veon Bell got all that credit for – it's like go back and watch Fred Taylor with that dominant Jacksonville offensive line. He could have run right through it or right to it, but there were times where he let them finish their blocks and he would hit the hole. He did, and he had freakish speed. So he had he had that twitch to him. He could kind of, you know, when he would get the ball, maybe do a stutter step. Uh, you know, some of the complaints I have about, you know, when I watch Florida State's backs now play is a lot of times they just kind of dance back there trying to find something, and they end up getting tackled for a loss. Um they don't have the kind of speed that the Fred Taylor does. So yeah. he could do that back there, and he wasn't going to get tackled for a loss because he had a burst to him, and he would shoot right up, find that gap, and then he'd be off to the races. Uh, who are you going to pick on Sunday? Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs to win. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily rooting for him, to be honest with you, but it'd be a nice uh, story to see the 49ers win. 
But man, just whenever you think that the that the Chiefs they had their worst season ever, they lost to teams they shouldn't have lost to. The offensive production is down. You know what? Them dudes find a way to win, man. And until you beat them, until you show that they can't win, it's kind of hard to pick against them. It's one of the very few times that I'm actually more interested after the game than I am with the game. Not by much, but that whole Andy Reid thing fascinates me. The whole Travis Kelsey thing fascinates me. Are they going to be able to pay and re-sign Chris Jones, who becomes the most attractive, I think, free agent in this year's market? And you keep thinking this team is going to get picked apart. We saw with Brady and Belichick got picked apart, but they remained. Um, why do I believe that uh, Kelsey stays another year, Andy Reid stays another year? Because Chris Jones, they're not going to be able to afford Chris Jones. It's what they do. They figure it out. They figure out a way to, to move things around and to get the, the right players in place. Um, and then they also utilize their players. You look at Pacheco. I mean, there's nothing super special, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't cost you a ton of money, uh, but he gets you just as much production as a lot of big name backs that you would have to pay a lot of money for. And they use that money that they save on him to sign these other players. Danny Van Sickle stopped in the studio. He's with the Electrical Training Alliance. An unbelievable opportunity uh, if you're looking for a change in careers, uh, maybe college is not for you. Maybe you're in college, it's too expensive, you're looking for a trade. We're going to give you the unbelievable information again coming up here in just one moment. Uh, but Danny as well, a big Florida State fan. Uh, you're married to a Gator. You told us you're going to Tennessee, Florida in Knoxville. You're going to South Bend, Indiana for Florida State. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the great Midwest. I'm going to I'm going to get to see the the, the 24-hour cloud cover that they have there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get to endure the cold of uh, of Southern Indiana in early November. But uh, no, it's all, obviously being able to go to that stadium and see a game is a it is a bucket list item. Um, they are uh, they are quasi members of the ACC. They're not real yeah. full time members of football, but part of their agreement was they play five ACC games a year. And the way how the rotation worked out, it would be Florida State this year. Um, I did see them uh, on Labor Day weekend two years ago. Um, great game. They just couldn't pull it out right there at the very end. Uh, I saw them several years ago in Tallahassee when Brian Kelly uh, had had another great team, and, and they, they really had Florida State beat, and uh, there was a pick play right there at the very end, and Florida State was able to pull that one out as the well. The Admiral's son. David That's Robinson's right. David son. Robinson's son was on that team. He's the one who had the pick. That's right. But he's the one who created the pick or caught the touchdown, and they, and they called it back on him. Yeah, and then he caught a touchdown earlier in that game on the other side. Yeah. So, yeah, I've had a lot of tense moments watching them, but – I mean, again, it's it's Notre Dame, and uh, you know, a lot of people think that Overtime, Notre Dame is is overrated, and, and they can be at times. But I tell you, they they find a way to. It, they don't compete for the national championship every year, uh, but they're not Nebraska. They're not averaging six to seven losses a year either. They'll have one to two losses, and every couple of years they'll come up with a magical season. They've made the playoffs a couple of times, and uh, it'll just be a fun time going up there and checking out that game. All right, battle of emotions for Florida State, everything this year on the field, off the field, and uh, things seem to be uh, pointing upward again after a, uh, a good recruiting class and a, and a, and a solid uh, transfer portal. Where are you with Florida State and the Atlantic Coast Conference? What are you hoping for here? Well, you know, if you look at back when Florida State got in the league in 1992, it's a, it was very well documented that uh, they went to that league on purpose. Uh, Bobby Bowden was quoted as saying, you know, I, I'd rather play in the ACC than play in the SEC. 
Uh, and for many years, that really worked out for us. Um, but there seems to be kind of a narrative out there that just Florida State had an easy path every single year. And if you look at who they played and when they won their national championships, um, you know, the first one that they won in 1993, the best team in the SEC was Florida. Yep. And they beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next national championship that they won in 1999, uh, Florida was the best team in the SEC. They beat them again. In 2013, when they won the national championship, Auburn was the SEC champion. And yep. Florida State beat them. So uh, I'm not saying that if Florida State had played in the SEC all those years that they would have the same amount of wins that they have now. If you're a college football fan, everybody recognizes that is the best conference. And I just think now that that relationship has run its course uh, if you look at the college football playoff invitational, and that's what I'm going to call it. It was an invitational, <laughs> not a playoff. Right. Um, one of the things that constantly got brought up, uh, besides the Jordan Travis injury, was the strength of schedule. They said Alabama had the fourth best schedule. Florida State had the 55th best schedule. And uh, it never really hurt them before having that weaker schedule because they still had great teams. And they were still able to you know, compete and play for championships. But I think this year was kind of an eye-opener. I think they really saw this year that playing in that league, and uh, it's always been below the the SEC, but I think the gap now between the Big Ten and the SEC, which are right near beside each other, and the ACC has just gotten so hard that even when you go undefeated, and even if you are the ACC champion, that doesn't mean you're getting in. Yeah. And I know the I know what people are going to say. You know, well, there's a 12 team playoff. It'll be easier to get in. Uh, if you were to see the 12 teams right now, uh, I guarantee you. Probably nine would be SEC Big Ten, Big Ten teams that get in. That get in. Mm-hmm. So that leaves you three chances. And yeah. I just think that that relationship has has run its course. Um, and football is just so big. And if you look at the SEC and Big Ten, the games that they play in, um, Florida State fans like myself, we just want to be a part of it. Um, you know, people have said, people on this station have said, hey, listen, don't want to go to the SEC or the Big Ten. You know, you're going to have a bunch of unhappy Saturdays if you go there compared to the ACC. Um, I got news for them. I've had plenty of unhappy Saturdays in the ACC. I've had unhappy Saturdays in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, the snake pit. I've had uh, had un- I've had unhappy Saturdays in, in Syracuse. I had a very mm. unhappy Friday night in Boston College at a high school stadium in front of 35,000 that All I was right. at. Um, I had an <laughs> unhappy Saturday night in Georgia Tech in front of 40,000 engineers and uh, watched a, a blocked field goal. Oh, uh, I was in London when that happened. That right. So, so, you know what? Uh, if we're going to have unhappy Saturdays, uh, give me some unhappy Saturdays in Tuscaloosa. Give me some unhappy Saturdays in Ann Arbor. Give me some unhappy Saturdays in Oxford, Mississippi. Let me see the Grove. And so when I hear, and it's mostly people who, you know, don't like Florida State because they're probably Florida fans, and they'll say, you know, you don't want to come into that SEC. I mean, you're going to have about three or four losses a year. Um, well, as much as I appreciate you worried about my psyche, um, we'll take our chances because yeah. if you look at us, um, you can only play who you play, right? We played LSU the last two years, beat them both times. Played Florida the last two years, we've beat them both times. Uh, if you really didn't want FSU to join the SEC, then why would you be mad about them having four or five more losses? If anything, you should want them to join your league. Yeah, You should want them <laughs> to have three or four more losses. So that leads me to believe, at the end of the day, they don't want us in those leagues because – they can't say the things that they said before and the revenue. And listen, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an administrator at FSU. But if you read, you see that the revenue distribution in the ACC is significantly less 
in the SEC and the Big Ten. Oh, and, it's unbelievable. And it's only going to get bigger. So if FSU is doing what it's doing now and it's making $20 million less, $25 million less, Imagine what FSU could be if it made just as much money as those other teams. It was announced today that all 14 teams uh, of the current standing members of the Southeastern Conference, 51.3 million uh, came in today. Uh, that was announced and um, distributed to each during the uh, uh, the fiscal year. And, you know, this doesn't include everything, but um, nonetheless, the story just popped in right before I went uh, to air. I, I think the big concern about Florida State and the Atlantic Coast Conference is, is this. If they win the conference, they're in. But just a scenario, okay, you're going to put five conference champions in. You're going to put in seven at-larges. Uh, let's say Florida State has a great year, but they lose at Notre Dame. Let's say they beat Clemson. But they have an, S- they have an ACC championship game, and it's a rematch, and it's Florida State-Clemson. Florida State's ranked um, top eight. You know, they have a loss to Notre Dame, which is late in November. They lose to Clemson, and they're 11-2, and two, and they're ranked 10, 11, 12, whatever. There's no guarantee that they get an at-large bid like you're going to get from the SEC and the Big Ten, especially with this new platform, with this new app that is coming in. I think the same thing applies to the Big 12. It, it may be you have to win that conference, period, and at-large bids are not going to come from the Big 12 and are not going to come from the ACC. They're only going to come from the SEC and Big 10. And college football is changing at such a rapid pace. You look at the legislation. You look at NIL. Um, if you wait too long, it's going to pass you by. If you're a team like Florida State, you have to start striking while the iron uh, is hot now. And I don't think that the Southeastern Conference wants FSU in it. They don't need them. They make enough money without them. They already have a, a presence in the University of Florida. Makes um, sense. But, you know, the, the the great Frank Frangie made a great point. FSU is just as SEC as anybody else when it comes to geography. Yeah. FSU is closer to Tuscaloosa. It's closer to Oxford. It's closer to Baton Rouge than what Florida is. So uh, that what leads me to think is you're probably going to see if there's a change and if the lawsuits work their way out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them join the Big Ten. Now, mm-hmm. is it would I love for them to join the SEC? Of course, but I think that the Big Ten um, they're going to try to promote themselves as a national conference, right? They already had the Midwest. They've added four, two teams in California, two teams in the Pacific Midwest. A couple years ago, they added DC. They've they've added New York. There is only one area of the country that the Big Ten is not in, and that is the southeastern United States of America. And if you could get FSU and the Big Ten, and you could get that market. You're the only game in town when it comes to Big Ten. I think the eyeballs that it would bring with that, uh, and I think that if they don't get in the Big Ten, uh, it'll be because the SEC is not going to want them to get in the Big Ten. And even though they may not want FSU in their league, I don't think the SEC wants the Big Ten in the state of Florida. Yeah, and and um, that would hurt with recruiting. That would hurt with some other things. But I, I know what you're saying. It's It's bigger markets to go to Atlanta – to go to Charlotte, to go to uh, the you know the Virginia or you know the DC market, and go to Miami. It's so yeah they they don't need Florida State. I think it just comes down. Obviously, they don't need Florida. I think it just comes down to can you allow Florida State to go to the Big Ten? And I think that's what the battle is going to end up being. All right, uh, we got a couple of minutes left. Uh, my good buddy Danny Van Sickle here with the Electrical Training Alliance. Give us the very latest. What's going on over there? Yep, so uh, we uh, take applications all year. So you can right now uh, go and apply on our website that I'm going to give the address to later. 
Um, but our deadline for our summer fall, our summer uh, fall class is going to be May 23rd. So you got a few more months, but uh, don't wait till the last minute because there's some paperwork that you have to submit. Whenever you go to apply with us, you don't want to wait until the you know May 22nd to find out you can't find your birth certificate or some oh, of the yeah. other documentation that we need. So um, you know if you're a high school senior right now. Uh, it's, you can still get in the apprenticeship and apply even if you haven't graduated high school. All you need is a letter from your guidance counselor saying you're on track to graduate. Um, and even though we get a lot of high schoolers, we also get a lot of men and women that are in their mid-30s. And they're working at a warehouse or they're working someplace. And it's not minimum wage by no means, but they've kind of plateaued at where they're at. And they see how much money that you can make being an electrician. Uh, and it's time for a career change. And if you're at that age, you still have a lot of good working years left and a good opportunity to start on that pension right now. And it's not too late to change. What's a pension? Um, so for every hour that you work, <laughs> money we goes into a fund. Every, we don't get pension on radio, Are bro. you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And, you know, no tuition. No Just tuition. Books. No student debt. You just pay for the books. Oh, man, the student debt. It took me forever to pay off my student loans. Yeah, it's I the, was uh, married at the time trying to pay off my ex-wife's student loans. Student loans are awful. Yeah, they really it, are. And you know what? There's a paperwork that you have to fill out when you're in high school. It's called FAFSA. That's with the federal government, and you got to fill it out when you go to college. They ask you a lot of you know, personal questions about your home life and yeah. the, the, the income of your parents and things like that. Man, there is none of that with us. We want you to come to work on time. Uh, show up every day and have a good attitude and work hard when you get there. We don't care less what your background is. We don't care where you come from. Or do you want to work and do you want to get paid good money? Well, there's a lot of great people. I, I know people that you work with, certainly the people from Miller Electric and the Miller Electric um, uh, facility and, and the new Miller Electric Center. But um, it's not going away, man. Just drive around this town. Everywhere you look, there is massive amounts of building and construction this is a trade that's always going to be here. And it, if you look at the manpower itself, if you look at the amount of people that have left the trades the last couple of years, compared to the amount of people that are coming into the trade now, there is a big gap there. You can go to the Department of Labor and look at those statistics. There is a need for skilled trades, not just electricians, plumbing, pipe fitting, uh, carpentry, a lot of trades out there. Uh, we feel like our trade is the best, obviously. And we feel like that if you go through our process becoming an electrician, there's a great need for that. And there's good money to be paid out there. And it's a trade. And once you learn it, uh, it can't be taken from you. All right, Danny, what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you? Best thing to do is go to our website, etajax.org. We've got pictures there. we got information about us. You can apply there. Uh, You don't even have to come down to our school to apply anymore. You can do your application there. And uh, you can really start to learn about us and get that ball rolling. Appreciate it. Always good to see you. You too, buddy. Danny Van Sickle. He is with the Electrical Training Alliance. Coming up next, let's go live to Las Vegas. Let's take a look at where the money is going on Super Bowl 58. We'll hear from Rafael Esparza. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. We're going to 8 o'clock tonight, tomorrow night as well, till 8. Final preparation before Super Bowl 58. So waiting on that big story to come out of Vegas, right? Joe Buck told us there would be one. There was breaking news today in the broadcast world. We touched upon it briefly uh, earlier in the week. James Brown did re-up for two years. There was some talk that Nate Burleson would uh, take over as the studio host. 
at CBS. Uh, Burleson's really, you know, a fast riser uh, in the business. Um, sorely missed, in my opinion, along with Kay Adams on uh, on Good Morning Football. I, I just that show is not nearly as entertaining uh, as it once was. Uh, but James Brown is re-up for two years. The same can't be said right now for Bill Cowher, Boomer Esiason, and Phil Sims. Their contract comes up immediately after uh, the Super Bowl. And I guess Burleson's contract actually does expire right before the 2024 NFL season begins. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. And is he a busy guy? He is all over the place. He is in Las Vegas. He is from MyBookie and MyBookie.org. He is Rafael Esparza. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, a little bit of a uh, – it's been busy a little couple of days. You got some quiet. What did you find, a closet somewhere in one of those massive hotels? Yeah, there's a, they have a little area for uh, better Wi-Fi down there. But no one's down here now because it's only uh, – this is kind of the main hour right now, so everyone's a big celebrity. But so you can come down here, you get a, a nice cup of coffee or a drink and a whole bunch of plugs, charging stations. So uh, every time I've been doing uh, an interview outside of upstairs, I, I come down here. Is um, All right, so you've been there all week, Radio Row. I've been to many – uh, in my lifetime, obviously, I'm I, I'm not there. I'll be there next week to uh, to see you two at the uh, Sphere. But uh, what's the craziest thing you've seen all week out there? Oh, oh wow, the craziest thing I, I would think uh, Monday uh, we were interviewing the players on the field and stuff like that. I was standing right next to the guy that asked Patrick Mahomes how was his dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you knew it was going to happen, yeah. All right, that is unfortunate. Now, you guys are always ahead of everything else. Did you did you do any uh either at my bookie or on your website you can bet that too or uh, you can bet on that uh anything on the Hall of Fame which the five inductees will be announced tonight? No, I I if if I was at home and had more time, I probably would have. I'm so behind on extra prop bets that people have been telling me to do Every station and every table I went by, I probably would have done some Hall of Fame stuff. I just, uh, you, 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 you know, you when you're here, you just go to table to table to table, and then I have someone pat, pat me on my shoulder. Hey, I heard you're the one that the, the guy that does the Taylor Swift prop bets and the political prop bets. Can you jump on our show? And it's I haven't had a time to uh, yesterday or two days ago. I didn't eat. All I had was like a granola bar in the morning and maybe a bag of chips before like eight o'clock at night. You didn't eat. No, I was just, I, I, I was, I, they were handing out free sandwiches. I even got a free sandwich and was still sitting on the floor next to my bag. Crying out loud. Uh, wow, that's disappointing. I mean, you got great food right there in Las Vegas, and they always feed the media. They feed, they feed the oh, handicappers yeah. free food. You got to take advantage of that. Yeah, I just, uh, I just didn't have it. There was a lot of WWE wrestlers because they're in town announcing the big announcement of The Rock and uh, Roman Reigns for WrestleMania uh, this year. So when people found out that I was the first person to put wrestling ads, then I'm getting other shows tapping me on the shoulder, not even talking about Super Bowl, wanting to know about stories I heard from WWE and Vince McMahon. So I, I, I could guarantee you I probably less talked less Super Bowl ads than everything you know what I put out, all my entertainment and wrestling and movie stuff. How much around there is people trying to figure things out to take advantage of a prop, you know, whether it's the national anthem or whatever, do, do, do you sense a lot of 
I don't know what, what you would call it, whether it's tomfoolery or, or digging here, digging there, trying to get any type of advantage that they can prop-wise. I would think Monday people were, because I said they, they asked uh, Shanahan what was his favorite Gatorade color to drink. He said blue, so of course we got tons of blue action uh, after that evening. Last, yesterday, I do a TV show called NGBN TV. It's a brand-new station. Uh, that talks about sports and men's mental health. We, that's another that's another interview that we can talk about. But I'm doing it in my sports. I have a, a full hour sports show on there, and the Bluebirds, the Thunderbirds, are right behind me. So I turned around and said, "Hey, can you peek on my TV show and wave to everybody? We're live on TV right now. How many people are? How many Thunderbirds are flying over the arena uh, on Super Bowl Sunday? They say six. We had over under four and a half. So here's me live on TV." with my cell phone trying to text the bosses to shut that prop down live on TV because the Thunderbirds behind me mm. told me that uh, they were flying six over. Now, does the six happen? Because I heard one once kind of separates before they hit uh, uh, the main uh, their main section fly over. But I had to shut that prop down because inside information. There you have it. Rafael Esparza with MyBookie, MyBookie.org. Okay, the window this week, Kansas City and San Francisco. I know there's been some large wagers already placed uh you know what's it been like uh only two million dollar bets so far everyone keeps on telling me we heard there's eight we heard there's seven we heard there's 20 i'm like no there's only been two million dollar bets both on san francisco uh both one on a money line 1.2 million on the money line uh and then the other one was uh, taking a minus two uh for a million dollars a whole bunch of six figure bets the last one i saw i think today was five hundred fifty thousand dollars on san francisco money line uh, I think this game might be the first I've ever seen more money line bets on both sides, not just on uh, on the underdog, just because the number is two, but the money lines are so small. Right now, last time I checked, two minus one twenty five on the on the 49ers, and then the Chiefs plus two, but their money line is plus one ten. I would not be shocked if it goes to plus one hundred five by kickoff. Really? Okay, so big money on San Francisco. What about just the public? It could be a ten dollar. It could be a twenty dollar bet. Where's the public gone this week? All Casey, all, all Swifty money came in, and I have to be nice to the Swifties because I burnt myself yesterday on a, on, a, on a radio show, and the Swifties on air got mad at me. But oh right no, now it's, been all, it's been all Swifty Kansas City money, uh, little money, you know, hundred dollars, twenty dollars parlay stuff like that. It's been Kansas City, Kansas City and under, not that much over money on them because I think they realize that if it's an over game, maybe that's a that benefits the Forty ers yeah, no doubt. All right, hey, as we let you go, uh, plug your website because I know you got a ton out there as far as uh, special props folks can look at as well. Yeah, you can jump over to youcanbetthat.com. Uh, sometime today, I'm going to put all the crossover sports uh, betting odds today. Uh, next year, I'll hopefully, we'll have an intern that can do this all for me. But uh, we'll have some interesting stuff posted today because I'm not doing too much tonight. Uh, so I can play a little catch-up. But youcanbetthat.com, you can find me on Twitter or X at VSI Doc Sports, and also find me on Instagram at Raphael Esparza. I've been trying to post as many pictures as I can. I have a WC belt on my waist as a picture I just posted. I get to put the WBC Boxing Championship belt around my waist. Today. And you're going to go to a fight tonight. You're not going to do that any longer. No, I, 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 I'm so behind. People don't understand, I mean, how much work and research I do. So when I go to these events, I feel like I'm neglecting or, or, or stuff like that. I am so behind on so much stuff. Well, I'm going to cut this show. We, we need you to get a meal in you, for crying out loud. I can feel you drifting away uh, to nothing. Tell us about MyBookie and MyBookie.org. 
it's a big game. I mean, you don't have to sell it right now. It's Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Not only do we have over 2,000 different ways to bet the game, we have 1,500 exotic ways to bet the game. Commercials, cross sports, Swifties, political. Uh, there's so much where you can go in there. And then Saturday, full card of basketball games. A lot of great Mountain West. I said it, yeah, Mountain West Conference basketball on Saturday. Some great matchups. And then the NBA, NHL, all that full swing. Uh, UFC full swing as well on Saturday. So don't forget to jump over to my bookie, sign up today, win today, and maybe I'll take a nap on Monday. <laughs> All right, Raphael. Have a blast out there. Best of luck with everything. Thank you. Take it easy. Have a great weekend. There he goes, Raphael Esparza, live from Las Vegas in the site of Super Bowl 58. We'll have one more live report tomorrow from Super Bowl 58. Uh, we will have the Philly Rooster on, who, of course, lives in Las Vegas, much like Rafael Esparza. So that'll be part of what we have planned for you coming up on Friday. We still got to take one more here before we wrap things up on this Thursday. Hacker will join you at 8. My name's Rick Ballou with you until then. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. You know, um, a Super Bowl is cool, and I've been to I've been to several. I've also been to many all weeks of uh, Radio Row and have flown back before the game. But if you could do one sporting event, now listen, if the Jags are in it, that's a different story. I mean, going to the Super Bowl with the Jaguars in it, you you, you can't beat it. But if I was to say, okay, the tab is on me, and you could go to one event, what would it be? Um, probably like the World Cup final. Really? Just because it's like once every four years. Okay. Everything else you can kind of... You know what? I take that back. I would say without context, without like the fighters, I would just say like a title match in Vegas. Oh, it's awesome. You know, like a big fight night. Like when I got to see, um, oh God, Lennox Lewis against Callie Meehan. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, oh it was one of the God, Klitschko's. I gotta go watch that right now. I'm, I'm sure it was like a third round. I don't knockout. even. You know what it's funny? I know it was Callie Meehan. I don't even remember who he fought. It might have been one of the Klitschko's in Vegas. It would have been they the early were 2000. so boring at that time. They the Klitschko were. brothers did that grab and jab style, and they just slowed it down and. Well, I remember Let's riding in, a, in an elevator next to Lennox Lewis. He was a monster. He was a legit six 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 seven or whatever he was. You might have seen him lose to uh, Rockman. I seen Rockman. That was seen 2004. Rockman. Oh no, that was in Madison Square Garden. Did Rockman do some things in Tallahassee? Was he the one who trained there for a little bit of time? I don't know. I but yeah, that that would. Uh, I think I choose. What year are we talking? Uh, probably two thousand three, two thousand four, okay. two thousand five. Some somewhere, you know. I I told you I had him fooled that they would send me to to Vegas and I would do things there with Al Bernstein and, and the late Burt Sugar, and then Gil Brandt during football season would join me out there and do all this fantasy stuff. Uh, the late Gil Brandt, who was just a, a a blessing. Big boxing match, huh? I would um, love that. Like, unfortunately, we had Usyk uh, or uh, Tyson Fury had like a huge gash on his eye from sparring 
yeah. about a week back, and they had to push the seventeenth fight between him and Usyk back. But something like that, like heavyweight belts on the line, or you know, we had Crawford versus Spence last year, like in Vegas. God, I would love that. You know, tickets are like ten thousand dollars. Well, I tell you what, the event that comes here when you have high ticket. Uh, UFC matches here. Awesome. And I'm credentialed for it. You, you can't ask for anything better. And these boxing matches, I was credentialed for it. But, you know, the ones that would stick out is like cover, you know, going to Pebble in 2000, covering the U.S. Open or, or going to the Masters oh, in the 2013. Masters. I forgot but when you're that. my size, I say I'm 5'10, but I think my neck, sh- my, my head is sunk into my shoulders. So I'm probably like 5'9 now. When you're 5'9", if you're not in a chalet, which there at least there weren't any in 2013 at the Masters, it's hard to see what's going on in the world of golf when you're just in the crowd. That's why the players is so fun. Yes, because you to. have the chalets, and, right? And, and you got some hills. And Yeah, exactly. You can stand like anywhere. It's a stadium course. They, they built it for that. And, yep. yeah, a short guy like me. Yeah, or a normal size guy. I I never have trouble at the players. No, watching. but you would you would at Augusta. I'm sure, and you would at Pebble because I think that would be you know for our listeners. I I, I think a lot That's of them a would list. would yeah. choose that because it'd be so easy to say Super Bowl national cha- national title. But you know what if you're around here and you pick the national title and this year you went to go see Michigan Washington or last year TCU. Yeah, I mean yeah, you'd pick a national title if it had your college team in it. Or, you know, again, a Super Bowl with Jacksonville, it's it's the end of the conversation. I mean, everyone's going to pick that. But What know. about, like, city-wise? Like, if you just had to be plopped down in the middle of a Super Bowl in any random city in America? San Diego's my favorite city. Okay. Vegas, to me, would sound just amazing. I like the parties going on this week are probably insane. The amount of celebrity sightings you probably see at just – any and every casino. It's got to be fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to Vegas next week, and I was we were going to stay longer, but it's like, you know what? You spend three days in Vegas. It's kind of like That's New enough. Orleans. It's like New Orleans. It's like you, you, you get it all in, you get it all out, and then it's like it's time to get out of there. You're not um, missing much on, but you don't on have a, day five. Right. You don't have a stadium. You don't have a, a quality stadium in, uh, in San Diego. But uh, for me, you know, outside of uh, being here in, uh, in Duval, San Diego's my favorite city. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. It's Vegas. That's the Hunt family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ain't Clark Hunt with, uh, is it his daughter? I think it was his daughter, and uh, I don't know what it was, but um, that must be kind of fun to be a fly in the wall at that NFL award ceremony, which includes the Hall of Fame going on tonight. Yeah, Hall of Fame going on tomorrow night. We don't know. Actually, the, the Hall of Famers know. They were notified within the last week, so they already know. I guess they were sworn to secrecy, obviously, all eyes on Fred Taylor. But, Rick, my point tonight is I, I would sincerely doubt Fred gets in, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it took him forever just to get into the room, right? And it took Baselli, what, four years once he was a finalist to get in. I mean, it's a process. But if that report coming out of Chicago is true and nobody has denied it that both Julius Peppers and Devin Hester are getting in tonight, that almost makes it a foregone conclusion that Fred will not. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, for Fred. I saw that report. I For what it's worth, I had the two first ballot guys, Gates and Peppers, automatically in. I was hoping for two wide receivers tonight. If it wasn't Fred, let's 
let's start getting these guys uh, in. So, you know, maybe six, seven years down the road, Jimmy Smith can get in. But I saw the Hester one, and I, I picked Reggie Wayne. And you know what I'm seeing a ton of, and I'll, I'll admit it, it, it affected my decision. Patrick Willis. Yeah. So those are the five that I picked. There's a lot of NFL Network people, including Peter Schrager, that are really on the Patrick Willis train to get in. The argument against him, obviously, is he didn't play. It's Baselli's. Very long. It's Baselli and Gale Sayers. But I think Willis deserves to get in. Devin Hester's a great player. And I know Miami fans are, are probably going to be mad at me for this, but is Devin Hester a Hall of Famer before Fred Taylor? No. I don't think he no. is either. He was the best punt returner that's ever lived. But, I mean, come on, man. I mean, you know, you're talking about Fred Taylor, a guy with 12,000 rushing yards, basically, and um, one of the top 20 running backs of all time. I don't know. That's tough for me if Devin Hester gets in tonight over Fred. Yeah, I, I did it. I did the five and who I thought was going to go in, not who I thought should go in. I, I would probably have Hester number 15 on my list. If not, maybe 12, 13, 14, you know, somewhere in that neck of the woods. I. The three wide receivers I'd put ahead. Reggie Wayne, Torrey Holt, and Andre Johnson, in my opinion, should all be in ahead of Devin Hester. But I I think one gets in tonight, possibly two, but I, I'm going to go with one. So you'll be on the air when this is announced. I, I have a feeling it's not going to be until probably later, maybe probably around 9.30. So I'm trying to remember yeah, when Yeah, I might actually it. be lucky to be on the air. It's a two-hour show tonight, yeah. but because it's in Vegas, it doesn't start till 9 o'clock Eastern. So... We'll see oh, if the really? word comes in before 10 o'clock. Yeah. Right. I, thought it was, I thought it was starting at 8. It's, it's 9 Eastern. I believe so. it's 9 to 11. All right. What else tonight? What do you got? Yeah, obviously a lot of Super Bowl talk, a lot of Jaguar talk. Former Jaguar wide receiver Cecil Shorts will stop by the program. Also, Justin Lewis of the Florida Times Union and Josh Edwards of CBSSports.com. Ton of football coming your way over the next two hours. All right, buddy. Have a good show. Thanks, Rick. Let's go to do it for us right here on this Thursday night. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 to 8. I don't check the text line now that the show is over, but you can always get me on Twitter or X. Just go to Blue1010XL, and I'm available there. Thank you to Danny Van Sickle. Thank you to Rafael Esparza. Here's hoping Fred Taylor gets into the Hall of Fame. The next best thing you can hope for is a couple of wide receivers to get in to make it a little bit easier for Jimmy Smith down the road. Our producer is J.J. LaSalva. My name is Rick Ballou. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 6 o'clock.